Welcome to Up Next with Tommy Lee, with influential Christian leaders sharing their passions and purpose in personal conversations. Up Next is brought to you in partnership with the Gospel and Our Cities Conference with Tim Keller, coming to Chicago in 2018. And now, founder and president of Resource Global, managing partner of Barnabas Group Chicago, and your host on Up Next, Tommy Lee. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to an episode of Up Next. My name is Tommy Lee, and I am joined by my two wonderful co-hosts, Mary Potter and Sandy Hamstra. Hey, Tommy. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. And on the phone today, we have a dear friend, a family friend, and just part of my family, Hannah Seymour. Hannah, welcome. Thanks, Tommy. I'm so glad to be on the show. Well, Sandy and Mary, I've known Hannah since she was a young teenager. She's the daughter of Dr. Michael Easley, who was my boss at Moody Bible Institute. And I still remember attending Hannah's wedding and just watching her. And now she's a mom. So I'm just looking forward to this interview. Awesome. You have been along for the ride, haven't you? <laughs> I'm sure she's looking forward to it, too. <laughs> Hannah, I'm going to let, I'm, I'm going to start off with the question, but I'm going to let Sandy and also Mary just interact with you on your book, and then I'm going to have some fun questions for you. But for me, is, I mean, you're a journey, this is your first book that you've written. Can you share a little bit in terms of inspiration for this book and why you chose to write this book? Yeah, so it's a long story, and it's really about a 10-year process in the making, but I worked in higher education for a little over a decade, and I also volunteered with high school girls, and essentially, I wanted to give them a book that I thought would help prepare them for college. Obviously, I was seeing all the issues and trends and things that these high schoolers were headed towards, but as I was looking uh, on the shelf, there's so many books for high school graduates, but I wanted something that was super practical, fun, entertaining, but most importantly, something that was really rooted in biblical principles and Christian values. And I just never found the thing that I thought really fit that mark for me. And then, of course, after several years of working in higher education, I thought, I think I can write this book. And so <laughs> that's, awesome. that's really what this book is. And it's, I mean, it's, the conversations that I've had with high school and college women, um, there's a blog I used to write where I had thousands of girls each week writing in and asking me questions. And so it's really a culmination of all of those conversations and blog questions over the years wrapped into one little book. Mm, that's great. Hey, Sandy, before, you know, I got so excited introducing Hannah, I forgot to mention the title of her book, and <laughs> it's the College Girls Survival Guide. The College Girls that's Survival right. Guide. I'm so glad sorry we, about Sandy. I'm glad we got that in. Um, <laughs> Hannah, your book gives answers to 52 of the most common questions you've received from college-age girls. Yeah. Uh, you said in your blog that you noticed a trend in the questions that the girls were asking, and that, um, for the most part, they were asking similar things. What were yeah. a few of the most common questions you were getting? So the number one question that I get, even this week, I mean, I'll get, I'll get it four times this week, <laughs> is how do I tell my roommate I no longer want to live with her? Really? Um, <laughs> yeah, that is... And, it's so funny. I was talking about that the other day with a friend, and and she said, "Well, I I feel like I still have that that question. You know, I mean, she's in her late twenties and is trying to get out of a current living situation. Oh man. She's in. Um, but that's certainly roommate issues, relationship issues, mm-hmm. just from where are my best friends? You know, women go off to college hearing from their parents like, "Oh, I met my best friends in college, mm-hmm. and where are they?" And 
how do I find them or um, questions about what do I major in? What do I want to do with my life? Or what do I believe in? Do I still buy into the Christian values my parents raised me with or having doubts about that or um, so all, all sorts of things like that. Everything in between. Yeah, yeah. Now, Hannah, some of the questions the, the girls have asked you, they're questions that you answer in your book. They deal with really personal issues, um, like when a friend is thinking about harming themselves, relationships with yeah. parents, choosing a career path. Yeah. How do you use these tough questions to point girls to Scripture and to encourage them in their faith? That's a great question. I think, so one of the things I talk about in my book is for girls to expect challenge. They go off to college not expecting it. Um, and so obviously I'm, I'm giving them really quick, fast, easy to read answers to some pretty heavy, some lighthearted and some pretty heavy questions. Um, but my hope is that always I'm helping them see the bigger picture and thinking about one, how do I trust God in this? If I believe that God is sovereign, if he's in control of my life and the circumstance that I'm currently in, how do I trust him? Do I believe that he's using this for my best and for his glory and then third, what does it look like for because of what Christ has done for me, because of the gospel, how does that inform me and in how I should respond to this situation? So with like a roommate conflict, um, my roommate might be horrible to me, but if I'm an ambassador of Jesus, I've got to think about what that means. You know, mm-hmm. I can't I can't respond in a horrible, rude way back to her because I'm representing Christ. Mm-hmm. Um or you talked about, you know, I have a friend that has mentioned suicidal thoughts. Um, how do I remind her that she was created by God for a purpose, perfect in his image and design, that he loves her? So, you know, always taking it back to what does God think about this? What does his word say about this? And then how should that influence the way we respond to all of these challenges? Got it. That's great. You're listening to Up Next on AM 1160. And our guest today is Hannah Seymour, who is the author of the book, The College Girls Survival Guide. Hey, Hannah, let me ask you a quick question. Is, do you feel like your some of these questions that you're wrestling with people are were some of the same questions that you asked when you were in college? Or have the questions changed over time? No. You know, I think... The bulk of them are really the same. I think the big difference is because of technology, and I am not an expert on social media and technology and the Mm -hmm. impact that it's had, but from just my experience, I think what it has done is further isolated college students. So if I'm having an issue as an 18-year-old girl, um, I, I think today they are more likely to be feel alone and scared and isolated in their problem than they than we were before technology and the social media and all of that. So I think the issues are the same. I just think isolation is more severe today. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Um, if, if girls are asking these questions, it implies that maybe these are not just innate things that we know on our own. And and as parent, as a parent, especially of daughters, and I know Mary has daughters, and Tommy has a daughter as well. Um, how do we better prepare our girls at this stage of their lives? Is it too young to say, I mean, my girls are little. Um, how, do, how do we start this early, um, you know, speaking wisdom and truth into them to prepare them for this stage? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I just became a parent myself, and so I'm, I'm already thinking <laughs> through, oh, like, how do we raise responsible human yeah. beings that are kind to people and love the Lord? 
Um, I think so much of it is just having having a conversation, being mm-hmm. intentional. I was with a, a family last night, and the dad was talking about um, being a father is a daily commitment to intentionality. Yeah, and no matter what the no matter what the issue is, and especially with girls, I mean, starting in fifth sixth grade, they're coming home with relationship issues. The yeah. girls are mean in school, mm. and so thinking through, you know, how do I how to like coach my daughter, um, not just to take care of herself and stick up for herself, but again, to think about God created that other girl. He loves her just as much as he loves you. And then how do, how do you respond because of that, that knowledge that you have? And, um, I always tell parents, I think we underestimate the power of our own story. So if you Mm -hmm. went to college or even just your own transition from childhood to adulthood, the mistakes you made, the successes you had, um, share those with your child and talk through them. I think some of the most powerful pieces of my parents' stories that they shared were areas where they really screwed up in college or um, my mom, when she really finally decided to follow Christ in college, knowing those things had an impact on me as I was making my own decisions during that time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, Hannah, we have a couple of minutes before break, but I wanted to ask another question. Are there any particular signs that we as parents should look out for? Um, signs that point to, hey, there's something going on with my daughter um, that let us know that she has questions or is struggling with something big and um, needs us to sort of pursue a conversation and open it up? That's a great question. I, I always tell like roommates and peers to watch out for, again, going back to that isolation, if you notice mm-hmm. your roommate is withdrawn and always in her room and not socializing, that's harder to know as a parent when you're not physically there. But I think if you're talking to your child and, you, you know, who are your friends? Tell me about who you're hanging out with. Where are they from? If there's not a lot of information about new friends and community, um, I would press into that and encourage it's hard. It's hard to find your people when you go off to college. Mm -hmm. It's one of the big challenges I see. Um, And so encouraging your child, your friends are out there. You just got to look for them. You've got to pursue them and spend a lot of time developing those relationships. But um, definitely just signs of withdrawal and not connecting is a big thing. I think we still have a couple minutes left, but I just, I think, you know, just piggybacking off of that, I think it's interesting how we have to not only, I mean, teach our kids how to potty train and eat food and all the basic stuff that you have to (laughs) teach your kids to do. Um, And then moving on to teaching, especially in the context of daughters to have um, confidence and all that stuff. We also have to teach our kids to be um, like, to watch out for their roommates and their friends something that we talk to a lot about our kids is, you know, look for the kid in the classroom who isn't talking to anybody and reach out and just equipping our kids to see those warning signs in other people is another like level of responsibility that I think is so important um, that prepares them for, for these types of situations. Yeah. Well, Hey, I know we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with you in part two of our conversation with you. So take a minute and we're going to be right back after these messages.
1160. Dr. Tim Keller, founding pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City and best-selling author, is coming to Chicago for the Gospel and Our Cities Conference. In the book of Jonah, God sends his prophet to the great city of Nineveh to uh, preach to it, to reach it, and he shows a great deal of disdain, and God rebukes Jonah and says, how can you look at all those people who don't know their right hand from their left and not have compassion on that great city? Uh, The churches of today should have compassion on the city and should care about the city. Please come to Chicago, the third largest city in our country, which will be a wonderful backdrop for a meeting of men and women who want to reach their respective North American cities with the gospel, doing both holistic uh, transformation, evangelism, and bringing about conversions. Please come and join us. Find out more at thegospelandourcities.org. That's thegospelandourcities.org. Resource Global is cultivating the potential of young professionals all over the world to maximize their reach and restore their cities with the gospel. 60% of our waking hours are spent in the workplace. Therefore, it is a significant time for gospel impact. As young professionals grow in their careers, we provide in-depth training, and we also provide mentoring to integrate their faith and work. And we want them to use their influence and skills to impact their city. I know of no other organization besides Resource Global that is doing its exact ministry. Going to places, finding young people and pastors and teachers who want to bring together their collective wisdom to encourage one another in things of faith and work. I want to invite you to join us as we continue to grow the network of young professionals in strategic cities around the world. I invite you to join us to make a difference in these cities through these individuals and to make a difference for tomorrow. AM 1160. Welcome back to Up Next with Tommy Lee. Brought to you in partnership with the Gospel and Our Cities Conference with Tim Keller. Coming to Chicago in 2018. Welcome back to our episode of Up Next on AM 1160. Our co-host today is Mary Potter and Sandy Hamstra. And on the phone today we have... Hannah Seymour. So Hannah's been a dear friend, a family friend, and I've known her for a long, long time. So Hannah, thank you for joining us today. Such a pleasure. Yeah. Hey, Hannah, let me ask you, and I have Sandy and Mary here today, and all three of you are very strong leaders who I highly respect. Hannah, you're doing wonderful things with your dad. Mary and Sandy, we get a chance to work together. We go to church together. Is the role of women in church has really evolved, and now I'm standing there, and you guys are all s- strong leaders. How do how do you want the church to continue to affirm your role as leaders? How does the church effectively continue to encourage that? Sandy, let me start with you. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it, it does kind of depend on your church's um, view on that, and that sort of brings me to, I think it's in Second Timothy, talking about women in leadership, and um, but I think regardless of that, I I believe that women, you know, it even says in Scripture how how Jesus, the women in Jesus' lives were pivotal to his ministry. And um, I think giving women space, not just to share to other women necessarily, but to just to speak on what God is teaching them and how he's growing them, um, I think is a, a great thing, something that, you know, I've been thankful to be able to do. Yeah. Uh, I think empowering them in whatever ways they're gifted in. I think sometimes we can narrow women's gifting, unfortunately, to some of the easy stuff. Like they're really good at planning and they can bring a great potluck. But yeah. <laughs> women are so much more. They have so much more to offer. 
Um, and I think just sometimes they just need the opportunity um, to show that and to step up in that in that role. Yeah, Hannah, let me ask you a quick question. I mean, you've really done a great job yourself, your mom. You guys have all written books. And how does how does the church encourage you on your journey as you continue to lead as a woman? You know, Tommy, I always struggle with this question about how does the church do X? And I, I mean, I agree there is a physical church and there's a system and a structure behind that. Um, but also, I mean, I always think about, well, we, we are the church. The, mm. the body of Christ is the church. And... Um, well, yes, certainly I want to be part of a church community that encourages women in their um, roles and strengths and giftedness, but it really means I've got to do my part. I, I think women need to know who they are, who God has designed them to be, and they've got to step forward and do it. And obviously, if you're at a church that's not, you know, open to that or Affirmative. whatever, maybe it's time to look for, yeah, to look for a different church community. But I think at the end of the day, it's about women cheering each other on and, and being excited about fulfilling the path that God has designed for each of us. And I just think we need to do what we know God is calling us to do. Got it. Any thoughts, Mary? Uh, Mary? Yeah, I think there's often this temptation to talk about women leading in an official uh, titled way that's going to be in the church bulletin or on the small group leader list. Um, But I just think that if we are paying attention to Hannah, as you said, so however God's gifted us and designed us and called us, that there are these ways to lead in really powerful ways, both within the physical space of the the, the church, um, in our neighborhood, in our family. Um, and I've just seen some people in my my community, in my life, um, just lead in really incredible ways without an official title. Yeah. And I think if we can be an encouragement to each other um, to pursue the gifting and the skills that we know we, God's called us to do, um, it's such a testament and a testimony to other women around us, to our kids, um, and I think an encouragement to our husband, husbands and the men in our family. And um, I just don't think we can forget that leading isn't always in the formal title, but there's just such a chance to have impact um, for the Lord in the way we lead in in untitled and in unformal ways. Yeah. While you're listening to uh, Up Next on AM 1160, our guest today is Hannah Seymour. And Hannah, as you wrote your first book, did you enjoy it? Was it easy for you? Or you said, wow, that really was just a wonderful experience? Or did you walk away from saying, that was harder than I thought? All of the above. <laughs> there were times that it, it came so easily, and I loved the process. There were days that I was slamming my head up against the wall. Editing, I think, was the hardest as I was getting mm-hmm. notes back from my editor, and that process of feeling a little challenged, you know? Like, <laughs> did, you really, did you really mean to say this, and you better back it up? Yeah. Um, but I think overall, I loved the experience, and I hope to do it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, let me ask you a quick question. Let me shift gears a little bit. Uh, it, this program will be airing on Father's Day. Hannah, for those who may not know, can you share a little bit in terms of what you do for a living, especially working for your dad? Yeah, so I work for my dad, who for the last about 35 years um, has, has been a pastor at a local church, and he's also the former president of Moody Bible. And we have a nonprofit that I manage for him, and primarily we produce a podcast, a weekly podcast, and um, I manage his speaking and traveling calendar and all of that. So I work for him and produce his podcast, which is Michael Easley in Context, and we have a good time. Well, father-daughter duo. That's cool. Awesome. That's really cool. Well, Sandy Mary, let me say this about Hannah, is when she came from 10 years of higher education working with students into this role... She really has grown. It's more than just, okay, I'm helping her dad. She has grown 
into a director of a ministry organization, looking at social media, looking at audience interaction, looking at donations. And the one thing, Hannah, I, I was amazed at in terms of how you picked this up really fast. Was it an easy process to adjust to really be able to run an organization like that? Or uh, what was that process like for you to run this organization? You know, it was such a, it was a huge jump for me leaving higher ed, which is what my master's was in, what I had done for 10 years. Um, and so my goal coming in was just to keep the train running for yeah. the first year. And um, that was hard for me because I am a bigger, better, maximizer, achiever kind of personality. So but after kind of observing how we were doing things for a year, and I, I certainly implemented some changes earlier than a year's time. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of keep the momentum that he already had. And then, and then we started putting my spin on things and changing things up a little bit, which I think has worked really well. But overall, I think it was more seamless than I anticipated. Uh, but of course, there was still the learning curve and, and all that good stuff. Hannah, if a girl has um, read your book, going back to the book a little bit, or your blog, mm. um, and still has questions and needs to talk to someone, are there resources on college campuses or people that she can talk to um, about maybe difficult topics that she wouldn't you know, want to share with a professor or something like that? Yes, so many. And um, over and over in my book, I talk about some of those different resources, whether it's a counseling center, which every university has. Many of them are free to mm. students. Um, to if there's some sexual assault stuff going on, I have several resources listed in the book that are national resources, but also, again, there are specific staff on university campuses that are designated to help women um, who are survivors of sexual assault. Mm -hmm. Um, but even just lack of direction and what they want to do with their lives, usually there's a career center or kind of a holistic help me know what to do with my life <laughs> sort of center. Need some direction. Um, yes, RAs are, of course, on every college campus. And RAs are a wealth of knowledge. Mm. They have been trained from head to toe on every resource that's available on a college campus. Um, they really are there more to be a resource and a guide than a you know, follow the rules disciplinarian, but often they get a bad rap for that <laughs> yeah. side of they're just trying to keep everyone in line. Um, but so often in my book, I'll point to, hey, start with your RA. Ask mm. them. They will know what resource you should go to. Mm. That's great. Got it. Hey, we have three minutes left, and this program's airing on Father's Day. Nice. Uh, any reflections on your dad and the impact of your dad as we talk about uh, as we look into Father's Day on Sunday? Mm-hmm. I am often asked, you know, how did your dad do it? Like, the people will look at me and say, you know, I want my daughter to turn out like you turned out. Oh, <laughs> uh, or what, thing. you know, what are things that your dad did? And I think uh, he did a lot of things right, but a few of the things that I can point back to, he always instilled confidence in me. And mm -hmm. whether that was um, telling me that I was beautiful, which, of course, we want to be more than beauty, but girls like to hear that they're beautiful, yeah. um, to, you know, praising me, telling me how intelligent I was or how hardworking I was. Or, I mean, my dad went above and beyond mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. compliment and encourage over and over. And so even as a young child, I walked into a room, I knew I had something to offer um, because my dad told me I did over and over and over. Uh, the other thing I think my dad was really good talking about that daily intentionality of stepping into what, wherever I was, whatever was going on, 
and trying to press in and say, well, Hannah, what do you think God's trying to teach you in this? Mm -hmm. Or instead of asking me, what do you want to be when you grow up? He would ask, what do you think God wants you to be when you grow up? And um, I think he did a really good job of constantly bringing me back to the bigger picture of God has created you for a purpose. You are, you are skilled, you are valued, you are worthy, and let's investigate, you know, what God's plan is for your life and let me help you do that. So he just was, he's always been my number one. I mean, you know, Tommy, how much does yeah. my dad brag about me? <laughs> he is my number one <laughs> champion. Uh, and I think every kid would just die to have that from their dad. Oh, man, that's wonderful. Well, Michael, if you're listening to this, happy Father's Day. And <laughs> Hannah just did a great job of just sharing about the impact that you've had on her life. <laughs> And Hannah, uh, her book is The College Girl Survival Guide, and you could pretty much get it anywhere on Amazon.com. You could get it at Barnes & Noble, anywhere that they sell a book, you could easily get it. And so, Hannah, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Tommy. This was a blast. Thanks, Hannah. This was really great. And for more information on Hannah, you could go to www.hannahseymour.com. That's www.hannahseymour.com. Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-S-E-Y-M-O-U-R.com. Her book is The College Girl Survival Guide, and you can pick up anywhere at Amazon.com. Hey, join us next week for another episode of Up Next. And Mary, Sandy, thank you very much, and we will talk next week. Thanks, Tommy. Thank you, Tommy. Bye, Hannah. Bye. You've been listening to Up Next with host Tommy Lee, getting to know another influential leader. To hear past episodes, visit upnext.city. That's upnext.city. Up Next is brought to you in partnership with The Gospel and Our Cities Conference in Chicago, October 2018. Join Tommy for Up Next, Saturdays at 3.30 on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life.